On this episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast, we're going to be talking about victim mentality and how you can overcome it both in your uh, personal life and in your business life. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Okay, well, let's get today's episode started. So I'm really excited to have Maria Kellis with us today. And she is a um, she's a business coach. She has just an incredible background. She lives in some she spends her time in some really cool places that I'm interested in uh, hearing about. So uh, hey, Maria, how are you? Hello, David, and thank you for having me in your podcast today. I'm excited. Since I've met you, I've been looking forward to this interview because I know you have a very unique approach to to life and money in general. Well, that's 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 pretty cool, and I appreciate that. I do, as a financial advisor, I always tell my clients, and I tell podcasts or tell the podcast that I believe that how we handle our money should positively impact our lives and the lives of those around us. And I try to bring information from people like you who can just help people have better lives, right? And and it's not all about accumulating as much money as you possibly can in all cases, but it's just about having a better life. So speaking of better life, you spend some time between Greece, Bali, Thailand, Cyprus, and the United States. So how do you manage <laughs> that? And, and and if you had to pick one, like if, if you had to tell me to visit one of them, which, which one should I visit? Because they all sound pretty cool. Oh, that is a tough question. So I, uh, I am a very global uh, person. I, I work around the world. I have clients in over 15 countries at this point. And I keep traveling. So I have found that it is nice to have home bases, if you want to call it that. And um, and so I have a home base in Asia, which is uh, Thailand. And sometimes I switch to Bali. Uh, and uh, in, um, in Europe, I have Greece or Cyprus. And then the United States, usually around California. Um, but uh, the, the idea is that we live in a world that has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. And we are controlling our own destiny, our own universe. So why stay limited when um, when things happen and people are depressed? I just go to another country and I'm like, nothing's happening here. Sure, Everything's why fine. not? Absolutely. So when, where are you uh, physically today? Where are you? I am physically located in Thailand. And you were asking me which one of those places I like best these days. And I really like Thailand these days because things are a little bit less crazy than the rest of the world. <laughs> I have a um I have a friend and a client who's from from Thailand and just a wonderful person. And from what I've heard about the country, uh they 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 go back and visit and spend very little money. It's very inexpensive to visit and, and it's a beautiful place. So uh I may oh take God, you up yes. on that offer and visit Thailand. We're going to talk today about a topic that I really enjoy talking about because I think that how we think really impacts what we do and what we do impacts what we get or what we become. So we're going to talk a little bit about victim mentality. Again, that's something that's in our mind or not in our mind. So tell me, first of all, like, what is victim mentality? What What are some of the attributes mm-hmm. of, of what would, you know, how you would describe victim mentality? That is a very interesting question. And I, I want to start by saying that in my life, in my background, I have a huge background of abuse. So I was abused physically, emotionally, mentally, and sexually. So really not fun. And 
I truly came from a place where I had a victim mentality. I have to tell you, people will say, oh, you're acting like such a victim. And I was like, what does that even mean? Because these things actually happened. They were actually bad things that happened to you. So, I mean, you you were a victim, like in some way, right? I mean, obviously, you didn't cause them. Oh, I was a victim in very horrible ways, absolutely, Mm -hmm. Uh, since, since I was a child. So this is not something that I chose. It was... It was difficult. And it left me with a huge amount of trauma that I didn't even know I had because I didn't know that life could be any different. I had already a set way of reacting to everything. And I believe that this is how life is meant to be. And I believe this is why abuse continued in my adult life because I didn't know how to get something better, how to ask for something better for myself. I thought this was normal. It took me a lot of very horrible things for me to finally say no more. I am starting by saying this to say that people people always say, well, but I had this and that and this and this and this happened to me. How can I not feel like a victim? And I'm like, well, do you want my list? (laughs) Sure. It's sort of like, it's huge. And it doesn't matter. Victim mentality starts by living in the past. I always say the difference between drama and trauma is that trauma is something where emotion cannot be processed in that moment. And I'd like to start with an analogy. So the the analogy is is a story. So I'm going to give you two versions of that story. So one version is this little boy and... uh, he has a dog and he's playing his garden with his dog. And he ha- he's playing with a ball and then he kicks the ball to the street. The dog jumps out on the street. Unfortunately, a car is coming by, hits the dog and kills it instantly. It's a horrible thing that happens, right? Two versions of the story. Version one, drama. Yeah, of course, that's horrible. The parents come, they're loving, so the mother holds the the child and says it's okay it's not your fault this is an accident the father goes and talks to the driver they have a very amicable discussion and they they, they have a beautiful ceremony for a, a plant you know the, giving a grave to the dog in the backyard and actually plant a tree the babe the, the little child learns about death and about life and about growth and the cycle of life and understands in the most loving way how life is happening and yeah okay fine of course he's sad for his dog but this is not a dramatic a traumatic experience this is a traumatic experience a traumatic experience is exact same beginning except the mother and the father in the kitchen arguing that's why the child is outside playing and supervised and they're actually arguing about getting a divorce they're furious they are just so angry they hear the noise they go out but they're like in their own head in their drama and and so the mother is angry with the child. He's like, oh, my God, what did you do? We can't trust you to be alone for five minutes. How can you be so responsible? How can you be such a horrible child? Like, I can't believe you're my son. The father is furious, goes, picks a fight with the driver. They end up, The police ends up being called. They end up in jail. The father never come back. The mother, to make matters worse, tells the child, the father name came, never came back because of you. And, and now... And, and somebody picks up the dog from the garbage trucks and that's it, right? So mm-hmm. that's a dramatic, that, that is trauma. 
Right. Like the boy had no way of processing what happened, which is really horrible. I mean, he just lost his dog. And in the same day, he lost his father and his dog and thinks it's all his fault. So that will carry through to his adult life mm -hmm. until that trauma is released. And often victim mentality is people who have all this trauma that they haven't really processed. And now they're trying to function in the world, right? Because the, the, the world doesn't wait for us to process. It just keeps going, right? So we have these ideas that this has happened to me, right? So that little boy is probably going to grow up thinking that horrible things are going to happen to him because everything's his fault and that he's a horrible person and that he his father left because of him. So obviously he's not lovable. And all those things are experiences that, subconsciously he's going to keep repeating mm -hmm. and more than that he has no control over what happened so he's going to always give up control to somebody else and always find fault with somebody else oh well you know because remember his mother came out saying this is all your fault right so he right. just left his fault i i'm giving this analogy because it's a really easy example to understand the difference the trauma and the drama so people who have been victimized often have a lot of trauma stored in them. And so mm -hmm. they never had the chance to process. And so they think it's their life sucks. They've never, they've never, some, some people never had a good life, never had a good day in their life until, you know. So how did you, like, why did you get out of the victim mentality and other people don't? <laughs> well, it took me many years. I have okay. to be honest. And it took a true effort on my part because I made a choice. My, my life continued from bad to worse until I was in, in 2004, I ended up being in a wheelchair. And in the wheelchair, I'm in the hospital, my fiance left me. So now I am saddled with bills. All my money went to doctors, right? So it's only, I, I'm on welfare. I qualified for food stamps. I'm in a wheelchair. I don't know what is going to happen. I know that I'm alone and nobody's there for me. The only person who really came was my mother. And actually, I do have to acknowledge a few friends, um, but two or three people, that's it. Mm -hmm. right? Everybody else disappeared, and I felt alone. And I felt that everything I had done up to that point was gone. And I remember they brought the motorized wheelchair for me. And I, I was in my 20s at the time and uh, because I was very weak. And I tried the motorized wheelchair, and I made a decision. I said... This is not going to be the rest of my life. I am not going to end up in a wheelchair on welfare with food stamps. That's just not it. A decision is a powerful thing, isn't it? Absolutely. And this was the decision. Now, I didn't know how to do it. Right. And I'm here to tell people that taking responsibility for your life starts with a decision. It doesn't matter if you don't know. You will figure it out eventually. But it starts with saying, I, I'm not going to put the government in charge of me. I'm not going to put my mother in charge of me. I'm not going to put anyone else in charge of me. I am in charge of me. And that's hard, it, right? But, but it's freeing as well, right? Absolutely. It's hard and absolutely it's freeing. It's, mm -hmm. it's really liberating. And also it's scary. Mm -hmm. It is truly scary. It's like, what's going to happen to me? Right. I, I, I remember like, in the beginning, I was on welfare, and at one point, as I started, um, I, I I literally called them and I said, "I don't want to be on welfare anymore." And they were like, "Are you crazy?" Like literally, this they will call me from time to time and say, 
are you sure you don't need welfare? And I was like, yeah. And of course I needed the money. But if I had that money, I won't be able to take care of myself. So then, And said, since then, you obtained three degrees from MIT? I mean, that's that seems crazy and impossible. Actually, that was before. So oh. the wheelchair was after. And okay. uh, since then, I actually, I am uh, in the process of fin- finishing a PhD in parallel with working. So I have my company and I'm go. also doing a PhD. So it's not exactly that I gave up on doing cool things. <laughs> but, but you know, th- the abuses that you were talking about, that was as a child, correct? As a child and a young okay. adult. Yes. Sure. Yeah. So. So, you know, you overcome some some things and, and 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 end up with some really great achievements. Now, one thing as you're telling oh, me this. My, I, I do want to say I'm gonna to toot my own horn. MIT sure. was just one of my achievements. I, I have started companies, I've been in startups, I have uh well, I have been an advisor to the Greek government. I have done some incredible things. Like I still like now have a company that employs um, a good dozen people, um, and uh, I've had this company for the last eight years that I operate under. So it's like I'm pretty cool. One of the reasons I just love doing this podcast is I end up kind of connecting with cool people that have done cool stuff. And quite frankly, some of the people have done a lot cooler stuff than I've done. So it, it inspires me. Um, now, one thing as you were telling me about kind of your your situation, I was thinking of about 30 minutes ago and 30 minutes ago, I log into Zoom and then um, two minutes later, you didn't log in. And apparently you logged into a different different Zoom. So who knows what happened? But I could have taken that as, oh, man, I mean, podcasting sucks. Nobody ever shows up. You know, this Maria is a horrible person. And, you know, because it's easy to go down that negativity road when something that's not planned happened. But no, what I did and what you did, actually, we did the same thing um, is we both emailed each other saying, hey, I'm in the room. You know, are we still on? And then we connected. We both got in the same room, just a technology glitch. No big deal. But, you know, it's very easy to let small blips just ruin your day. Um, You know, something as simple as, you know, believing that somebody didn't show up to a Zoom meeting. And and that's, you know, not taking into account the horrible actual real tragedies that do happen, the illnesses, the abuses and everything else. And and I think that people who are successful in business tend to see opportunities and 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 see how can what, what's the opportunity in this. So if someone doesn't show up for Zoom, how do I make the best of it? You know, what's the opportunity? And obviously, the first thing is to not get all mad, of which I didn't and you didn't. We just took a logical step and sent an email. And then we connected and we're having a great conversation. Absolutely. And I do want to say something. It's very easy to say, oh, it's not. Why is this happening? It must be someone's fault. Well, whose fault is it anyway? Right. Mm -hmm. So is it your mother? Is it your father? Is it your neighbor? Is it your uh, brother? Is it your uh, your husband? Is it your wife? Is it your children? Is it your boss? Is it the Well, this one ultimately is my fault because somehow, somewhere, the 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 instructions but, but on which cares? Zoom to be in, you know, I just need to fix that as a professional, though, make sure that instructions are clear Absolutely. and use that as so, an opportunity so, to fix the process. And then it's great. It's it's a it's a learning experience. Yeah. So but the thing is that who cares whose fault it mm-hmm. is? Yeah. The point is that we had a meeting to meet and mm-hmm. we were both there. So we were both in a very professional attitude, showing up on time, being there. And more than that. I always tell this to people. There's no blame, no shame, nothing, no guilt. This doesn't, those are useless emotions. 
the question is, what is the opportunity? Exactly what you said. What was the glitch? Why did it happen? Okay, well, I sent her a link that was not this link I went to. So yeah, <laughs> next I will yeah. make sure that I sent yeah. the same link. And this is the important thing, is that things don't happen to us. They happen. They happen. Well, right. actually, they just... So is it okay if I bring another point of conversation? And sure. this is the levels of responsibility. And this is an incredibly important point. And and this well, th- this work comes from ancient Greece all the way, but this is my take on it. I always talk about four levels of responsibility. Things happen to me. Okay. Things happen for me. Things happen, and then things happen through me. Let me explain a little bit. So things happen to me. I am the victim. So the weather, it's raining on me. The um, This event happened and it happened to me. I was going and somebody bumped on me. And I was on the road and somebody flipped me off and, and somebody cut me off. And, and oh, and that person yelled at me. That happened to me. Then the second one is I am the lucky one. Well, same exact events. Well, but I am lucky. Oh, I wanted to water the, the plants and I didn't have time. And oh my God, it rained. So suddenly they were watered all by themselves while I was doing something else. And oh, wow, I was like on the highway and this person like cut me off. And this is so lucky because it reminded me that I had forgotten to 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 check in with somebody because, and I was like, it gave me the opportunity to stop and reconsider where I'm at in the road. And oh, this person bumped on me and I turned around and I said hello and it turns out that he's going to be one of my best friends. We're so connected. We're both from the same country. We're really having fun together and we're already arranged to go meet this Saturday or whatever, right? So so we take everything and turn it into an opportunity. Then what we have in the Eastern philosophy is more the observer. So the Observer is like things happen, the very Zen monk kind of archetype, right? So it's sort of this happen and okay, no good, no bad, no judgment, it happened. And the last step where I like to be in and where I like to teach people to come in, um, and that comes a little bit from the Tao philosophy, uh, is things happen through me. That means that I am the creator. Here's something that I run into quite often, and that's people acting as their own financial advisors. And when they do this, they typically operate under a partial understanding of many of the rules, and they also operate based on their emotions. So if this describes you, and if you'd like a second opinion on some of the financial decisions that you've made, email me, david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com. Or you can go to my website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. Click on the contact us button. And from there, it'll bring you to my calendar. Okay, let's get back to the episode. In the Tao Te Ching, it says that as you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And this is crucial. Your reality, your reality depends on you. It doesn't happen to you. You create everything. Well, did I create the abuse? Yeah, sure I did. Why? Well, I, I can, if we have a lot more time, I can give you all the details. But let's say, for example, my fiance left me in a, in a wheelchair in the hospital and my fiance left me. Why is that through me? Well, I created this because deep down, I probably knew that he was not the right guy for me. And I probably 
we knew that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life with him. And the test was, hey, something really horrible is happening. Will you stick around for it? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. And that was the end. Right. Yeah. But no, I do. I do think that like, we take action sometimes subconsciously th- that that create results. So if you're if you're maybe unsure about a relationship, maybe maybe you don't act as nice as you might, and then to like you said to test that person to see if they're going to stick around. And and I, I do think it, that those it's, things. It's happen. really funny because two days before I was in the hospital, two days I had met somebody, and they said, "How's your relationship?" And I said, "Well, we're having some problems, and we were having some problems at the time." And I know that if I ever end up in the hospital, I can count on him. Right. <laughs> and two days later, I'm in the hospital, and he's nowhere to be found. So yeah, <laughs> it, it's sort of like he tried. I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not judging him. Here's the difference. Remember, I'm not judging him. He had a difficult choice to make we're both young we're engaged we're having troubles in our relationship and he's like well do i want to be with a person who i'm having troubles with and i i actually am not married to yet so maybe that happened for me that's a lucky thing so maybe that's a way out and and also how difficult is it we're both young people both the life is ahead of us and suddenly the doctors are telling me i'm going to spend the rest of my life in a wheelchair i mean very very sick how mm-hmm. would you react you cannot judge anybody for the way they react in cases like that this example showed us was that there was a true disconnect he gave me a gift by departing my life in a way i loved him i was crazily in love with him so of course i wasn't gonna let him go but we were having problems that was the truth we need two committed people in a relationship in order for the relationship to work so this is truly important so you know like Things didn't happen to me. He didn't leave me. He left. So observer. And in fact, it happened through me because this allowed me to create this life of freedom that I will never have enjoyed if I had stayed. I love that. And I think we have to always acknowledge reality and then make decisions based on based on reality. Let's let's talk a little bit about abundance versus scarcity mindset. So I can think of some people in my life that there's always a tragedy. There's never enough. There's always, um, you know, we're, we're going to run out of money and, and I'm a financial advisor and probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 15% of people in general are always saying the mar- stock markets are going to go down. I don't want to lose money. And of course, markets have down periods, but th- they don't go to zero. And there are other people who are always optimistic that things are happening. You know, I'm in growth mode. Um, if if I have uh, some extra business revenue, I'm going to invest it in the business and hire somebody else. And then that's going to create more abundance. So like, how do we stop having a scarcity mindset? Absolutely. So this starts with a belief that I have, and I hope that you can share that this is a good world. And mm-hmm. It is your decision if you're going to believe that this is a really bad world and things are going to go worse or this is a really good world and things are happening for the best. I suggest to choose the thing. This is a really good world and everything's happening for the best because it's to your advantage. That means you're lucky. So start with that. So if you start with that, this is a really good world and everything is abundant. So there's an infinite abundance of everything in the world. Whatever we focus on energetically, whatever we focus on expands. So when we focus on the problems, they expand. When we focus on the really good things, they expand. That's why I always tell people, have gratitude list. Being gratitude, that's easy to, to just do for no reason at all. 
just be grateful because the more you're grateful, the more things you're going to be grateful for. But there's an abundance. So the, the, there's this myth in the world that there's limited resources, limited anything, as if this world is not big enough for us. So, yeah, we have seen the effects of the human race on the world these days. And guess what? The world is kind of like going back at us and and things are rebalancing because we have no really, I mean, we're like little ants in a little huge, huge place. And okay, we think we can affect things, but yeah, not so much. The world will adjust. The, the earth will survive us. I don't know if we will survive ourselves, but that's a separate issue. Um, so there's abundance of everything. So we can start with that statement. What does that mean? That means that whatever you have, you can have more of. And that means that you have to ask yourself, well, what is enough for me? Because people who have a scarcity mentality, they, it comes from fear, fear that there's not enough. Well, how much do you And have if I money? have a little bit more money, that doesn't mean that there's less for you necessarily, right? Let's say my business work does really well. That doesn't mean that anybody else around me is going to have less. And I think some people no. have that, like they have that, that theory that there's, there's, there's only so much money. And if I have some, you won't get, or if you have more than me, then there's not enough for me to get. Now, I just don't think that that's the case. I, I actually like to say that a rising tide raises all boats. So literally, if I have more money, if I have more people, then I hire more people. And if I hire more people, then they have better life. And and they 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 can have like they can like right now, for example, I I teach classes and I don't have time to teach all the classes. So I have right now two, you know, I used to have one. Now I have two teachers who teach classes for me and I'm about to hire a third. Why? Because I have so much work. I need people to help me do the work. These people are people that I select because I know their talent and they're beginning teachers. And in fact, I'm doing something. I I always believe in situations good for me, good for you, good for the world. So I pick people that I know are good teachers and maybe they haven't started being teachers yet or maybe they're scared for some reason. So I give them the job as a teacher. So then they start getting experience uh, through being coaches, teachers, and and then I supervise them, I support them, I mentor them through until they are um, they are ready to be on their own. And then someone else comes along and wants to be my student. So there's never, there's 8 billion people in the world. 8 billion. This is a crazy number in my head. When I was born, there were only 2 billion. Yeah, that's too, yeah. So I, I don't know how we got to 4, but that's like so many. There's so much abundance in earth. There's so much of everything. So it's interesting. um, I have for my little organization, we have uh, seven success principles. We won't go through all of them, but we have a page titled, we are successful when, and there's seven, seven items. And one of them is that um, our office's revenues constantly increase as well as everybody who works at our office consistently has because money doesn't solve everything but of course we all need money um yeah. so and, and i think that and that's a little bit of a challenge for me because if the goal for us to be successful is everybody makes more money 
I, sometimes I have to uh, take a take take a step and give out a bonus or, or or give a pay raise when when it may not be totally comfortable. But you know, it's kind of my belief, and, and that kind of guides decisions, and it's worked out well so far. But sometimes and it is a little bit out of the comfort zone because I I cannot remember who said that. So I'm gonna it's some reverend in California, Tom something. Um, but he said when we step up. God opens doors when nothing, there was no wall, like only a wall existed. I believe that if we give out more money, then there will be more coming in from somewhere else. And I, it's not necessarily a religious belief on my part, it's more like a spiritual belief, but I truly sure. believe that it's when I, when I think of this world, I truly believe this is a good world. And when we step up and we say, well, you know, I don't know how, but I'm going to give out a bonus. I give out bonuses to my team all the time. And it's worked out great so far. I always have a new client coming in. So I never have to worry about it. In fact, two of my people are building um, uh, are building their houses now. And I'm so excited about it. I'm like, that is what I want to see. I want to see my people be successful as much as we grow, they grow because we know that rising tide, all boats rise together. So yesterday I had the opportunity, and I'm going to phrase it as an opportunity, after a long day when I was tired, to help someone change their battery. And I'm not an auto mechanic by any stretch, but they needed help. I helped them. It was a blessing for me to be able to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I was able to do this and their car started and and I feel good. I haven't gotten any monetary reward and maybe I will, maybe I won't, but I just, I feel great. And I definitely feel like that was, you know, it was more beneficial for me to help that person in a lot of ways than it was for them to receive the help, the small help that I was able to give them. Okay, everybody. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Maria Kellis. I love talking about mindsets because I think that how we think really affects a lot of our lives. So if you're interested in learning more about Maria, you can visit her website, www.mariakellis.com. That's M-A-R-I-A-K-E-L-L-I-S.com. Or you can contact her at contact at mariakellis.com. I will also put her social media profile in the show notes. So until next episode, I wish everybody a blessed week.